Good morning. This is Friday, June 14th, 2013, and this is Chickie Fitzgerald, and I am really excited about today's show. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I heard this woman speak. Actually, she was the moderator and, and MC, if you will, uh, for a travel industry conference, and uh, just a couple of days later, I saw on my calendar that uh, my executive producer had signed her up to be on the show today, so it's doubly exciting. <laughs> Uh, so welcome. Uh, our guest today is Porter Gale, and she has written a book called Your Network is Your Net Worth. Amen to that. Hey, Porter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor. Well, you know, I've been watching your Facebook posts and uh, kind of the progress of your book. Is this your first book? It is, yes. Oh, how exciting. It is very exciting, so thank you for that. Well, it's funny because I've I've written four books, but all well, the first three were all industry publications, which never would have shown up on the likes of of Amazon. Um, and then the last one, I was just like one of a compilation book, and so I was a chapter in a book that was on Amazon, uh-huh. but I didn't have to go through that uh, you know painful couple of weeks of you know kind of watching where you fall in in the statistics and how many how many people write about your book. So I am so excited to hear about it though because this is a topic that is uh, extremely near and dear to my heart and. Uh, I have just taken kind of a, a shift in my career. I've been in the, the travel industry for, gosh, 34 years and have spent the last 18 years doing strategic consulting. And I am getting involved in a, a venture that really is more in the philanthropic arena and still still involved in travel. But I've realized I have to look at my network with different eyes now than I used right. to. Right. So why don't we start off, um, let's talk about you first. I, I want to hear about you personally before we jump into the book. So give me a little thumbnail of Porter Gale. Sure, sure. Well, I've had a pretty varied background. Um, I've been in advertising and marketing for about 20 years. And most recently, I was the VP of marketing at Virgin America, um, which is a a great airline. Yes, very, very fun. Um, And then I've also been a filmmaker. I've been a documentary filmmaker and directed commercials. Yeah, so I've always loved storytelling. And wow. you know what happened was that at Virgin, I started my network expanded rapidly because I was constantly flying and I was meeting all these mm-hmm. amazing tech companies, and I started to realize that you know now that I'm in my late 40s, um, that my network versus the time when I was in my 20s was much more um, complete and that I had a lot more opportunity and a lot more happiness. And so I just started to realize that it was because my network had become so strong and I had been, you know, very open to that. So mm-hmm. ultimately, um, you know, I decided to write a book about the topic, and so it's kind of my journey, and then I interviewed about 60 people, and it's all about the power of relationships. Right. Well, yeah. isn't that the truth? I mean, I, I am just reminded of that every day. I, I love the tagline of your book, which is, Unlock the Hidden Power of connections for wealth, success, and happiness. And, you know, I'm always reminded, uh, particularly every week when I do this particular show, I have another show called Uncommon Giving that I do just before this one. But on this show, uh, my I've been doing this for five years now. Uh, we launched the Executive Girlfriends Group actually on National Girlfriends Day, which I didn't even know existed, by the way. But I happened to launch the, the Girlfriends Group on that day. 
which was very funny. But here we are five years later, and my husband keeps saying to me, are you still doing that show? <laughs> and I, I say, you know, I am. And, and it used to be, uh, you know, just for the membership, and then we expanded it and started uh, loading the shows onto Blog Talk Radio and our iTunes channel. But, you know, some days it just feels like it's for me (laughs) because my network over the last five years has just expanded so amazingly. And as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, now that I'm taking a shift in where I am, I'm putting different glasses on, different lenses on to look at my network in way different ways than I did in the past. So why don't we just dive right in and start talking about the book. So tell me, um, so you mentioned that you did interview folks, mm-hmm. and, you know, so that must have been just an amazing experience. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was great. So, you know, the structure of the book, how I put it together, it's probably about 70% storytelling and then 30% exercises, so that when you go through it, you can really think about, you know, how are you building your network? Are you building it around your passions and your values? Mm. You know, are you helping other people? Um, but then the stories provide lots of real-world examples and inspiration. Um, so, you know, it was really exciting to put together, and, and everyone has a great gift. And when I was just listening to you, thinking about your growing network, what I'm really trying to do with the book is to get people to focus on the power of their connections, and I think that right. often in our society, people think too much about the status of their bank account, or um, you know, are they getting oh, yeah. a deal? Their net are worth. They, <laughs> yeah, are they are they investing in the right thing? Are they getting the the lead on the stock tip? And you know, my hypothesis, and it sounds like yours is too, is that the happiness, the success, the wealth, that all comes if you focus on building strong, authentic relationships. Right. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, you know, the the real rise of social networking um, really started in my life, and I, I don't know about yours. You can share your experiences too. But in my life, it started happening when the financial crisis uh, was was setting in, and I had just come off of a spectacular business failure, invested seven million dollars, uh, six million of which was someone else's money in a new technology and, you know, for a whole bunch of reasons that we don't need to go into on this show, uh, again, we had to close the business down like 45 days after we launched. But it's so funny that as my net worth went way down, in fact, into the toilet (laughs) for a period of time, um, my network started growing dramatically. and, And, you know, I took my eyes off of having to keep things going on a financial basis because I couldn't, you know, because by the time we had gone through our failure, the economy was tanking and I couldn't even sell the assets of the company. So, um, you know, I just dove into all things social media, learn, and, and that's when I started uh, my, my show uh, called Solutions Live and, you know, figured out I could do a radio show, you know, really with no investment and and just started seeing the power of the tools themselves. But I want to back up just a little bit. And part one of your book is all about developing a transformational attitude. So you can't just dive into the tools themselves and hope that they're going to take you where you want to go. Yeah, you know, I think that's one thing that's really different about this book is that I think a lot of people think of networking as, you know, getting out there and handing out your business cards 
And the way this book is set up, it really encourages you to think about, you know, are you your own worst enemy? Are you holding yourself back? Do you have any barriers in your path? Um, after you go through that section, there's a whole process on defining your goals and your passions. And so what I encourage people to think about is that networking is actually really an inside job first, and that the mm-hmm. more confident and comfortable you are with who you are and what you're trying to achieve, then networking is going to be much easier and it's going to be fun and enjoyable because you'll be connecting based on things that you're interested in and based on things that really help you achieve your goals. So, you know, it it definitely is a transformational look at networking instead of a transaction and really having authentic relationships. Well, and I really love uh, chapter four in your book is called Give, Give, Get. And if you start the other way around, um, I, I've got something that I work with uh, that I call the uh, engagement ladder. And like down on the bottom is this spam layer where, you know, you're just, you know, walking in and telling everybody who you are. And, you know, if you think about any cocktail reception you've ever been in, that doesn't work so well. So, um, you know, the notion of of really giving and seeing what you can do for other people is something that, you know, is just so powerful. Yeah, you know, I love that chapter, too. A lot of people are really responding to that. And, you know, a couple of really easy ways to think about that is to think about networking more as a we instead of just a me and, you know, how can I help other people? And then a very, very simple phrase, um, it almost seems obvious, but, you know, remembering the phrase, how can I help? And so when you're meeting people, um, you know, getting outside of yourself and, and thinking about what value you're adding to others and you can really have a, a major shift in your connection building if you start looking at things from that, that viewpoint of, of helping, of giving back, of yeah. adding value to relationships, especially when you were talking about the crisis, the financial crisis in 2008, right. you know, 2007, 2008. A lot of the stories in the book, people experienced exactly what you did. And so it was like, how do you get out of those pivot points and how do you uh, figure out how to grow and and learn from those situations and how do you help people and and help each other? Right, right. And, you know, that's just so true. And we, we hear the interesting things about doing this show is I hear the same things you know, over and over again. And sometimes, again, sometimes I think it's just for me because I need that reinforcement that, you know, even though the investment of time in all kinds of networking, I mean, not not just social networking, but, uh, you know, just picking up the phone and calling people that you haven't talked to for a long while, um, you know, that even though that may not produce an immediate return, it's like walking around with a bag of seeds. Right. And, you know, before you know it, you, you look around and you see trees and flowers coming up. And, uh, you know, it really is an amazing uh, exercise of planting. So, you know, your next part of your book is all about, um, it starts with the values and build a value-based team, values-based team, excuse me, because that's a really important nuance there. So talk to me a little bit about that and and what you have incorporated in the second part of the book. Sure. Well, again, um, my approach to networking is more quality-based relationships versus quantity. So, again, I think it's really important to nurture the relationships where you have shared values, where you have things in common. So the Mm -hmm. book is set up that 
after you've figured out, you know, what you're passionate about and what your goals are, you'll look at do you have people in your life that are supporting or uh, also, you know, believing in the same things. And so, for example, if you're very interested in the environment, are you surrounding yourself with like-minded people? And if not, how do you identify people to give you support and strength in that area where you can get involved? So there is, um, you know, it's a little bit of an analytical approach just to make sure that you are using a focused kind of quality approach because I also am very big on productivity um, and not being overwhelmed. And so once you start using this filter to determine which relationships are really valuable and important, um, it's easier to to recognize, oh, I should go to this event, I shouldn't go to that event, um, you know, this is a good group for me to join, because you know what you're trying to accomplish. So right. the core team section is really important. It also talks a lot about um, nurturing relationships and team building and, you know, little things like acknowledging people and saying that you value them can have a huge impact. Right, right. Well, and it's interesting. I, I remember when um, at first LinkedIn didn't have the ability uh, to do the recommendations, and, and later on they did. And I, I found it interesting to watch the individuals that took the approach of asking for a recommendation mm-hmm. rather than figuring out if you gave one, likely you would get one back, right? Right. Um, and and it's such an interesting phenomenon, but you're right. I mean, we just don't take the time uh, to tell other people in our lives how important they are. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny because we almost spend as much time on figuring who to cut out of our lives now, which is, is funny because in the real world you don't do a lot of that, but in the online world you're almost forced to because it, it grows exponentially and then you you start looking at your timelines and different things and saying, who is that person, <laughs> and why are they in my network, right? Right. Well, you know, again, um, if you have kind of this open mindset, and I'm going to give you an example, but I did a book reading the other night, and prior to the reading, I walked around and I introduced myself to all of the attendees. Mm-hmm. It took me maybe five minutes, and, you know, just, hi, thank you for coming. My name's Porter. I'm so glad you're here. Very, very simple way to acknowledge yes. people and thank them. And after the event, the, the bookstore owner came up to me and she said, one of the patrons told me that she's been coming to readings for 10 years and no author has ever introduced themselves on that oh kind of level. It's very simple. And so I think that if you take more of an open approach, um, you know, even when I'm on airplanes, I, I usually chat with the people that are sitting next to me. I introduce myself. I say hello. And you can have these amazing conversations but often we go through life in a very kind of closed mindset or we're waiting for other people to take action. Um, right. And, you know, small things like smiling and saying hi can be a great way to start a, a, a you know, a connection in a conversation. Right. Now, you, you talk also about, and you use a term that I actually love, uh, which is the term of connectors. And, you know, one of the things I've realized is is that one of my gifts in life is connecting people. And, you know, probably I should have monetized that by being a recruiter or something. But uh-huh. but I, I just so enjoy it. And I get such great pleasure at introducing people who can, um, you know, who can find ways uh, to do great things together. And, you know, you're using the term connector in a couple of different 
um, uh, scenarios here. You're talking about the three degrees of separation, which again has gotten exposed to us in spades on LinkedIn, to where you can see how far away you are from somebody that you want to meet and ask for that introduction. Um, talk to me a little bit about connectors, and and then also if you would touch on hub players. Sure, sure. Um, thank you. That's a great question, and just the way you described yourself, I can tell that you are one. Um, because the person who's a connector or a hub player, you know, really gets energized and enjoyment for from connecting people. They're, you know, the matchmaker, the bartender. They're the person at the party that's very social and is starting the conversation. Um, you know, they're not hoarding their contacts. And this is another big shift, I think, that in the past with networking, um, people were much more um, private with their contacts and introducing people and the world is moving to a much more collaborative state where success is coming out of collaboration. It's coming out of bringing people together. And so those people that are, again, bringing value to relationships and doing things like you're doing, right. where you're, you're bringing um, conversation together and ideas together and, and you're excited about it, though, that's where the magic starts to happen. And so for those of us who are not as um, comfortable in that space, what I really encourage you to do is to figure out how can I learn from people like that and also recognize right. that when you meet someone like you, um, you know, it can it can change your life because you can meet so many people. So in the book, right. I do share some stories of three different people that I've met in my, you know, my, my years that are uber connectors and how just meeting one of them can, you know, transform your network and your opportunities. Right. Well, I, I actually I laugh all the time because one of one of my clients and and I help I help early stage entrepreneurs or people who are kind of stuck at a level and need to get to the next level. And I do um, merger and acquisition work. Uh-huh. And every time we're together, she's about ten years younger than I am. Um, you know, she'll say, "Oh, you know, gosh, I need to find somebody at such and such a company." And I'll say, "Oh, well, you know, I know so and so." And she'll say, "Well, of course you do." <laughs> Right. And then we just laugh because it, it really it becomes comical at some point. But I want to touch on something that you just said, Porter. You talked about people who hoard their contacts. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, you know, and I, I willingly and, and frequently do introduce people to each other. But at the same time, I do jealously guard them because um, the the reason why people will take my call is because I don't throw junk over the fence, right? right? I don't throw things that are going to be a waste of their time. And sometimes that requires me to invest some time. And so one of the things I don't ever do is take just a third-party connection from a very distant, you know, or let's see, second and first. So uh, a second-party connection from somebody who's a distant first connection to me. So somebody who I accepted into my network, but I really don't know them very well. I, I won't do those forward passes you know, to right. somebody on LinkedIn because I don't know what I'm passing. Right. And, and that's irresponsible of me in not taking care of my network, right? And that, that's different than, than hoarding. Right. You know, I agree with you 100%. And I guess, you know, a good example that I can tell you about in my network was I obviously had the good fortune of, of working with Sir Richard Branson when I was at right. Virgin America. And I had, you know, hundreds of people constantly asking, can you introduce me? And it would have been, um, 
you know, not appropriate for me to do that, but there is of one course. story in the book where some kids had sent me a video. They were from a, a school outside of L.A. in a lower-income area, and they were working on a contest, and they you know, were asking Sir Richard to vote for them uh, for this contest. And the video was so compelling and the kids so adorable that I decided, okay, this is my one time I'm going to ask him. You know, I'm going to ask him for a right. favor. And I sent him the video, and, you know, amazingly, um, the timing was right. He happened to be in L.A., and he ended up meeting with the kids the next day. So oh, when, cool. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it changed the kids' lives. He spent 45 minutes with them. But the point is, is that, you know, I did value that relationship, and I didn't over-send things to him. And so when it was the right time and it was an ask that I felt right. was important, um, you know, he responded and he was there. So exactly. I agree with you on that uh, totally about making sure that you're collaborating and sharing when it's appropriate and, and useful. Right, right. So, you know, that does help you cultivate those relationships uh, because you you do only tap into them when, when it's really necessary or, you know, when just like what you, you just shared where you feel it's just so unique that... Uh, that it warrants their attention, and and I do love that. And it's it's funny because I had read your bio, uh, you know, when you um, did the Attaway Exchange Conference, but I had actually forgotten um, about the uh, the Virgin contact. And I'm working on a huge project down in in Antigua, and of course he has a home there, and and he came up on my. Uh, you know something on LinkedIn yesterday, and and so it's funny now that you weave in a story about him. It's a very very small world. Yeah. So amazing. Let's it's move amazing. on to part three of the book about <clears throat> cultivating fields of creativity, because you know I think people don't think about networking and creativity in the same sentence. I you know I agree with you, and so again, what I'm trying to do is to give people tools and a process to really have authentic connections and, you know, valuable connections. So the third part of the book is all about implementation, and it's really how to build and grow your network. It starts off with a very simple question, which is, are you a producer or are you a consumer? Now, obviously, in society, we need both. We need people that are, you know, buying and producing. Um, But this is more of a philosophy, and the producing is – are you, again, bringing value and content and ideas uh, to the table, and are you giving back or adding to the collective? So, you know, producing could be creating radio shows like you're doing. It could be blogging, but it could also be, you know, gathering the potluck of friends that are coming together, or it could be in a work situation you're, you know, gathering people for a brainstorming session. So it's really more of a mindset that, you know, are you bringing ideas and value to the table? The reason I think this is so important is because if you're connecting with people based on really substantive thinking and ideas, you're going to have stronger relationships. So, again, I bring you through um, lots of stories of people that are producing either content or products and showing why that's been a very successful for way for them to grow their network. Mm, interesting, because, again, I think we've just kind of come off uh, a couple of years of, of people experimenting, particularly with social networking, in you know just blanketing the airwaves, if you will, with 
themselves. Uh-huh. And and with that that, you know, I am a producer and here's what I'm producing and here's why you should consume it. And it's been done badly. It reminds me of of when uh the travel industry first uh started to implement mobile. And oh my gosh, it was done so badly that that no one wanted to use it. Now, of course, it's, you know, uh, 15 years later it's refined a bit. But Tell me how we transition from that recognition that you have something of value and and something that that you can share with others to to learning how to manage that in the context uh of listening and and you know being responsive to what other people uh need which is what we started out with. Sure. Um well I think again it really comes back to defining um you know what you're passionate about what you're trying to accomplish. Um, One example in the book, there's a a woman who has quite a big following now in social media. Her name is Jessica Northey, and her focus is country music and that content that she's bringing to the table as she's doing, you know, a a Twitter chat, she's doing interviews, she does red carpet interviews, uh, but it's all focused on country. So people know that if they're following her, the information and what she's sharing is going to be about that space. So I think, again, you know, when you're talking about people that were, you know, kind of spamming with content, it was probably very unfocused content. Right. So focusing, using tools appropriately, um, you know, we're in a time where we now have the ability to reach, you know, millions of people on social networks. And if you use them effectively, you can really amplify your network in a very strong and exciting way. Um, another woman in the book, Britt Morin, um, is kind of a, a, a new, uh, you know, younger Martha Stewart type who's bringing technology and kind of the do-it-yourself do uh, trends together. And she has built, you know, in two years, a network of a couple million people based on using social media in a very targeted and specific way. So, again, um, a lot of what I talk about is understanding what you're trying to accomplish and being focused. If you're trying to find a job, be focused on that. Be focused on the vertical industries that you're interested in and and look at how you can network more in that space. So, Porter, what is your favorite social media platform to actually invest time in? I I know you're you're everywhere, but, you know, given given, uh, just one that you could focus on, uh, and let's talk about from the business aspect because I think – you know, clearly on, in our personal time we're, we're doing different things. But, sure. but where do you spend your time? Where do you invest? Well, you know what, I mean, again, I think it really depends on what people are trying to accomplish. But um, if you're, you know, looking for a new job or a new career, a new position, I think that LinkedIn has really um, uh, amped up the game lately. They're doing very well with the product. I think there's a lot more people looking at it. Um, I have interviewed quite a few companies and also recruiters, and everybody talks about how they're using LinkedIn to source contacts or using, um, you know, looking at people's relationships so that they can internally figure out who people are connected to. So if you're looking for a job, uh, LinkedIn is really a place that you should have a great profile. Um, there's also a lot of content that is is on LinkedIn now, an influencer blog program that you can really learn a lot from. So that's one that I would use, you know, if you're trying to build a small business, um, you know, Facebook or Pinterest may be the place that you might want to focus. And so again, determine what you're trying to do. 
I, just one more example in this, I was with a group of lawyers recently and they were asking me about social media and what they really wanted was to build their reputation as experts. And so again, I came back to LinkedIn. So figure out what you're trying to accomplish first right. and then pick the platform. Right. And, you know, I think people forget also that that blogging can be um, really the central vehicle, much in the same way that, that websites used to be, that that's where establishing your expertise can actually shine. And then you can post that link, to whether it's to LinkedIn or Twitter or both or, or Facebook. And there are so many tools that are great publishing tools that allow you to be everywhere all at once. And I, I love going to an industry conference because people will say to me, you're everywhere. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and now that you can do this remote conference attendance, I mean, Focusrite is is one of the biggest conferences in the travel industry, and but it, it it's just kind of gotten priced a, a little bit out of my budget as an entrepreneur, and I don't have as much reason to go to it as I used to when I was focusing on consulting. But a few years ago, they started letting you attend free, and I know that they you know they invest like a million dollars in the set of that conference, and they've got huge screens on either side that have a Twitter feed the entire conference. And so I just go on and tweet about the conference and everybody thinks I'm there. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's because so I'm, I'm listening yeah. uh, online. And, and so there are just so many different ways to establish expertise, to establish presence. Um, a, a friend of mine has a, a blog network. It's called um, the Boombox Network, which is for bloggers who blog about the boomer generation. Uh-huh. And you know, she was asked. She had asked me some time ago to to blog, and I said, you know what? I don't have time to blog, but I'll do a radio show for you. You know, uh-huh. you and I, I, I can interview you, or we can interview your bloggers, or we can interview authors. And I said that takes way less of my time, just because I just love doing it so much, right, and I love right. talking, and I don't have to do a lot of preparation. So, yeah, um, and and you know, with with Blog Talk Radio, anybody can do a radio show and anybody can talk about what they're passionate about. So right. so many tools that we have in front of us. Yeah, and you know, another example of that when I was leaving Virgin America cuz I knew I wanted to write this book, um you know, I knew that I wanted to raise my profile as a marketing consultant or a marketing expert. And so I wrote a couple of sample blog posts and then, you know, reached out to Ad Age and Huffington Post and said, "Can I blog for you?" And, you know, blogging today, anybody can blog. You just have to find the right publication and and show them, you know, that you are uh, capable of writing content that meets the needs of of their publication. So, again, it's it's possible to find places where there's already built-in reach so you don't have to start from ground zero, and that is a great way to build your expertise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Let's see. Let's let's jump back to the book because um, there are a couple of other other topics that you talk about. You mentioned earlier that you're not about quantity, but you are about quality. Yet there is a chapter in here about reaching critical mass. So, uh, under what circumstances is it right to go after the masses and to build up your numbers um, and you know, how how does that fit into the rest of what we've been talking about? Sure. You know, um, 
I guess that what I would say is that it's important to know kind of the core relationships that we have, right? And that's the quality. But there are lots of situations where the 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 uh, quantity can help. So if you're launching a business where, you know, as an author, I want more and more people to know about my content and my book, that's a reach play. And so what I've done is, you know, a lot of the ideas in the book are translated from things that I've done with clients. So, you know, at Virgin America, partnership strategy was really important to raise awareness of the airline. So the same thing I'll bring you through, are there certain partnerships that can really help you grow your network that are appropriate? Um, it's you know also the reason that I encourage people to be focused is because I've learned over time that companies and businesses that have a very clear mission and a clear positioning are much more successful than those that don't. And so I'm taking a lot of business learnings, translating them to the individual level, um, and so at the end of the book, I do talk about reach and how that can be really important. But again, focused reach, um, you know, figuring out even in social media, um, looking at people that are in your space. So, for example, when you're talking about supporting entrepreneurs or helping people with new businesses, if you start connecting with people that are talking more about startups, um, talking more about um, you know, entrepreneurial tips and, and have those people in your network, it's going to be a really exciting conversation. So look for them on Twitter. Follow them on Twitter. Right. You know, look for the people that are writing about the, the vertical that you're, you're passionate about. And if you see an article that's interesting, send them a note and say, great article. I really like what you're writing about. Um, you know, you can find email addresses for, for most reporters and journalists, and right. it's a great way to, to keep building and growing your network. So I do talk a lot about that in the third section of the book. Um, you know, I also talk about how important it is to understand, again, when you're making an ask, how to go about that and, you know, using storytelling, using emotions, using kind of the facts and figures, and, and really thinking about what you're asking from your network. Right, and I think that's, for most of us, that's, the hardest thing. It's way easier to offer your services. But when you need help, uh, you know, it's tough. And and because this show is geared toward women, although we do have many uh, male listeners on Blog Talk Radio, I'll say, you know, it's it's a very interesting dynamic for women to do the asking. But what I have found, I mean, men actually love to solve problems. Uh-huh. And when I figured that out, and you know, could go to the CEO of an organization and say, "Hey, do you have anybody that you could introduce me to?" So that kind of takes the pressure off of them that they don't have to be the one, you know, to do whatever it is I'm asking. And right. then you know, do that that ask and and uh, giving them a way to actually be a problem solver. Um, it's way less intimidating, and and I've been amazed at what I get back. Right. It- you know, I think the other thing is that um, I talk about this in the book is that if you ask and you get a no, it's really important to not take that personally. You know, learn yes. from it. You know, maybe my ask was out of line. It wasn't specific enough. I didn't, you know, explain what I'm doing. But, you know, sometimes people are busy, and, and I think yes. that it's more important for people to say no um, if it's not the right fit or they don't have the right information. Um, and so, you know, don't. Don't let those get you down and, and make sure that you learn from it and you move on and you stay optimistic and positive and, 
And miracles don't happen overnight. If you really right. want something, you need to keep focusing, keep taking you know little steps in the right direction, and all of a sudden you'll have accomplished a goal if you stay focused. And I think often, especially as women, a lot of people will give up before they get to the to the goal line, so to speak, um, either because of you know l- lack of confidence or um, you know getting distracted um, or just you know, not taking the actions and following through. And a lot of times we're our own worst enemies. And so I really encourage people to, you know, set goals, think about what they're trying to achieve, and to go for it. You know, raise the bar and and go for what you want to accomplish. Right, right. Well, in the last couple of minutes we have left, I want to make sure that we talk about Chapter 13, which is Head, Heart, or Wallet, Understanding and Nurturing Your Path to Happiness and success because I, I really sense that uh, this isn't at the end of the book because it's less important than what we have talked about, but it's really the heart of the matter. Yes, I love that chapter. Um, well, it's the it's the closing chapter of the book, and again, what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to really think about what is important in their life and what matters and. You know, the, of, of the 60 people that I interviewed, quite a few of them I had answered this question. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing often what mattered was the relationships or living based on your values, living on your passion. And um, what I got back from people, you know, really reinforced a lot of the key concepts in the book. Um, so it's, it's just a, it's a really beautiful chapter to make you think about what do you care about and what's important to you. And at the end of the day, you know, what legacy do you want to leave behind and, and what do you want people to remember you by? So right, it's, it's right. a lovely chapter, everybody from, you know, Om Malik, a, a blogger, to, you know, a, a woman who was battling leukemia while I was writing the book, um, mm. a, you know, military moms, all sorts of different types of people answer the question. And I think it, it just really gives you kind of a thought-provoking close of why is your network important? Right. And you know, it's it's funny because my my other radio show, the theme song and the theme music I use as an intro to that show uh is Nicole Nordman's song uh Legacy, which starts out, you know, I want to leave a legacy, how will they remember me? You know, did right. I choose to love? And and so, you know, I think it's interesting the quote you've got from Sir Richard Branson on the cover of your book says, "This book teaches you how to bring value to others." and to yourself through that power of connections. And, you know, it's just, it is so, so powerful. I, I'm blown away always. But uh, like I said, I, you know, I think we sometimes take our network for granted. And when we do move into new things, you really need to rethink through who you're connected to, who, you know, either you now have a new uh, set of things you can give back, um, you know, or you can tap into different aspects of of what they're doing and and find things where you can collaborate. Um, so what out of this whole book, what is the one story that just has stuck with you? Oh, uh, well, um I know so, there are many. Yeah, there's <laughs> many. I mean, I'm thinking about quite a few things, but there is, you know, a very moving story. I I did mention um, you know, the woman who's battling leukemia in the book. And it, it actually, you know, sadly, she passes away. And so that's very, you know, very moving, but it's all about the power of her community 
And this is somebody that I had done a documentary on breast cancer survivors many years ago, and her mom was in the book, or, or excuse me, her mom was in the film. And so Liz was four at the time that the documentary was shot, and, you know, she was moved by watching the footage of her mom, you know, over the years, because her mom had passed away, and then she found me on Twitter. So, mm. you know, I, I fly up to Seattle, and I, I meet her and her dad, and, of course, I hadn't seen them since since Liz was four, um, but it was all about, you know, why community was important for her as she was battling cancer. And, um, you know, sadly, she passes away, but she has just some very powerful quotes, especially in the head, heart, wallet uh, section. Um, and so that was very moving for me and, um, you know, really important for me to be able to share her story and, and powerful. You know, the other thing that I just want to say is that, you know, a very simple thing that people could do is just, if you're listening to this today, like think about three people in your network that you really, um, you know, really value and try sending them a note or calling them and just saying, thank you, I'm so glad for, you know, all you've done for me. Little things like that make such a big difference and can be so positive. And so the book really encourages you to take these little actions all the time where you're really building um, building stronger connections and valuing the amazing support that we can get from our community. Well, I love it that the book has uh, not only the storytelling aspect, but also the practical uh, aspect that you can use it as a blueprint, um, you know, really to uh, evaluate where you are in your networking and whether it's your networking prowess or the tools that you're using or maybe you just haven't been focused. And, and it does take uh, significant effort, you know. I mean, That's it's right. once you've got it under control and have a direction, you know, it does just flow. But uh, I think a book like this can be invaluable for someone, particularly as I said, a lot of people in our age group are getting to a point in life, and they're like, you know, is this really what I want to be doing? And right. you know, do do I need to do something else? And how in the world do I break out of this world that I've been in that maybe has been very limiting? You know, people who've worked for the same company their whole lives or the same industry. And, you know, I, we saw this in spades here in Tampa where I live that, you know, when the economy crashed, we had so many people here who were either in, you know, the real estate world, whether corporate or, or uh, residential, or they were in travel. And, you know, and it's like, where do we go? How, you know, how do we move on? And right. if our industry isn't hiring, then what do we do? And so, again, I want to just recommend uh, to all of our listeners that you take time to check out Porter's book. Again, it's called Your Network is Your Net Worth. And I think truer words were never spoken. And the subtitle uh, of the book is Unlock the Hidden Power of Connections for Wealth, Success, and happiness in the digital age. Our guest today is Porter Gale. Porter, can you tell folks the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. You know, my Twitter handle is at uh, Porter Gale, and I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, or, you know, if you want to email me, you can email me at info at portergale.com, and I'll gladly respond as quickly as I can. So thank you so much for having me on your show. 
Well, it has just been terrific. And uh, the next time we're at a conference together, I promise I will come up and introduce myself. Oh, I hope so. Well, I'll buy you a coffee, so please do. Well, terrific. And I, I owe myself a trip to Napa Valley, so if I come through San Francisco, I will definitely let you know. Oh, that would be lovely. Well, thank you um, for your time, and also thank you to all the listeners. It was a, a great honor chatting with you, and I hope to meet you in person very soon. Great. Thank you so much, Porter. Have a great weekend. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.